Welcome back to the Business of Living podcast. We are going to continue to dive into this season's topic, the essential qualities of an extraordinary leader. And these might be a little bit different than what you're used to. We're going to look beyond the Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos, and Bill Gates of the world and look at the entire picture of life. Not just the financials, not just the notoriety, but the whole picture of success. What value is there to building an enormous company? If your personal life is in shambles, if you're on your fourth divorce, if your kids don't even want to talk to you anymore. Now, there's a large contingent of leaders and leadership experts that would not be too happy about the perspective that I'm going to bring today. In the business world, things are pretty simple. If an employee is underperforming, you can let them go and hire somebody else. If something's not working, you can hire a consultant buy a new tool, start a new process, have a new training. When you have challenges in business, there's usually a way to fix them. In the business world, those who are proficient in fixing problems, finding solutions, increasing profits, bringing in the right people, letting go the wrong people, those people are very well respected as supreme leaders. But oftentimes you look at their personal lives and they're a disaster. Let's look at a few of these leaders. Steve Jobs, one of the most respected leaders in the tech industry, had a daughter, denied he was her father for over two years, dated various actresses, didn't talk to his parents. His relationships were a real struggle. As impressive as all the Apple products are, I have an iPhone myself. There is not much to look up to when it comes to his personal life. Jeff Bezos, one of the richest men in the world, the architect of Amazon, just was divorced in 2019. Four kids between him and his wife. Now he has a girlfriend. Can you imagine the pain and the challenges they have on the family front? He's, again, seen as, almost seen as a god in the business world. Can you imagine what Thanksgiving dinner looks like? How about family parties? Wow, Jeff, you can have your billions. How about Bill Gates, divorced last year? Elon Musk, eight kids with three different women, divorced twice, separated once. Even Tony Robbins married a woman with three kids and got divorced four years later. Now he's with another woman. He also had a baby with a girlfriend somewhere in between. I mean, these are some of the most well-respected leaders in terms of society's standards. I don't want any of their lives. I know I've referenced divorce as one of the indicators of someone having a messed up personal life. In no way is that an indictment against everyone who's had a divorce. There are circumstances when that is the only way out. So I'm not judging you if you've had a divorce whatsoever. But I do want to highlight that a lot of the folks who society looks up to have a real challenge when it comes to their personal relationships. And I'm going to make a pretty bold statement here. An extraordinary leader, a leader that I want to look up to, values his family more than success in his career. And this is often thrown around in business circles as, oh yeah, family's most important. We are a family first organization. Almost every company would say that, yet the demands they put on their employees speak the opposite. The expectations they have for their executives would suggest the opposite. So when I say family first, when I say 
Family is more important than success and career. I mean, your actions reflect that. That means if we asked your kids or we asked your spouse, is your family more important than your work? They would quickly respond, yes. That's what I'm talking about. That's the real litmus test. What would those closest to you say about what's most important in your life? I once heard it laid out like this. Pretend you're juggling and the balls in the air are your family, your career, your health, your friendships, all those pieces of your life that you're juggling and trying to make work. Most of those balls are made of rubber. And when you drop them, they'll hit the ground and bounce right back up and you can recover. But when it comes to your marriage and the relationships with your kids, those balls are made of glass. If you drop one of those, they can shatter and may not be able to be put back together again. My good friend Chris McCluskey put it this way. You can go into financial debt and recover. You can always start a new business, get a new job, file for bankruptcy if you have to. You can recover from financial disaster, but you can't recover from relational debt. You can't get back that baseball game that you missed. You can't get back those moments that you've missed, spending time with your kids, talking with them, teaching them, having fun with them, laughing with them, reading bedtime stories with them, sharing meals with them. You can't get back the emotional equity that is built over a decade of consistently pursuing your spouse, going on dates with them, having fun together, traveling together. Those things you cannot get back. And I get it. It's easy to get comfortable with the people you love the most and take them for granted, especially when the demands of your career continue to evolve and grow over time. But great leaders are intentional about continuing to invest in the most important relationships they have. All right, at this point, I'm assuming that you want to do this better. If this is a struggle of yours, if you feel like work has taken the main stage in your life, taken most of your focus, your attention, your energy, and there has been little left over for your family, I want to help you today. I want to give you a couple things that you can do right away to start shifting the tide on what your life reflects is most important to you. First thing you have to do is get over your guilt. If you've been feeling bad about this and it's been gnawing at you lately that you're not spending enough time with your family or your spouse, it will do you no good to sit around and feel bad about yourself because you're dropping the ball. The best thing you can do for your family is to start taking action. And it's not the time to have some kind of big knockdown, drag out apology session where you profess that you're going to be better to your family now and you're going to Things are going to change moving forward here. Don't do that. As soon as you start making promises and saying, everything's going to be different now, I'm going to spend more time with you guys, you're setting the stage for messing things up. Start with action. Don't start with words. If you're not already having dinner with your family, that's something to start doing as soon as possible. It's a pretty simple activity, but in today's day and age, when everyone has their Netflix show and they're used to eating in front of the TV, This is a rare, powerful moment to have everyone's full attention and the conversations that can happen around that table can help everyone get on the same page and really help develop your relationship on a deeper level. And in the busyness of life, it's pretty difficult to get everybody at the same table without distractions. Here's another simple activity you can start doing. Read to your kids. After dinner, gather everybody around and 
read aloud to your kids. Pick a story with great adventures, like the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis, or read them poetry. Studies show that kids who are read to aloud are more intelligent and more creative. Play board games together as a family. Sometimes I'll make up stories, and the characters in the stories will be my kids, and I'll think up different adventures that they're on and how they were brave or courageous and how they had to overcome something difficult. These are different group family activities that you can incorporate into your week. Then on top of that, you want to be intentional about spending time with each person individually. Starting with your spouse, get into a consistent rhythm of going on dates. And it doesn't always have to be at a restaurant at a white tablecloth. It could be taking a walk together. It could be having coffee together. Something that you commit to regularly where you have carved out that space to enjoy each other's company, to have conversations, to talk about your dreams in life, to talk about what you can do together. The more you invest in those important relationships, the more that you're going to look forward to enjoying them and the deeper and more meaningful they'll be. Another thing you can do is take on the hobbies of the people you love the most. My son right now is very much into collecting sports cards. I mean, he's borderline obsessed. Guess what I just rekindled? My old habit of collecting sports cards. So I pulled all my sports cards out of the attic. I have them in binders, all from the 90s. And we spend a little bit of time every week. We call it card time. And we just look through the cards, we organize them, we talk about what players are the good players and which ones we can toss out in our common ones or we can trade them away. And we love it. And it's not about the cards. It's about the conversations we're having while we're playing with the cards. The final thing I'm going to mention here is the boundaries have to be clear between work and home. And this is for the benefit of you and for your loved ones. When the boundaries are clear, you can be all in where you are. When you're home, you're not wondering, oh man, I should be responding to emails. How can I make more progress on that project I have at work? No, you're fully there with your family and they feel it too. You're having more fun. You're more present. They're enjoying you more. You're enjoying it more. And then same thing when you go to work. If you go all in with your family and you're fully present, then when it's time to put your head down and get some work done, you're not feeling bad about, oh man, I know. You know, my spouse says I'm never home. My kids are already feeling like dad doesn't spend enough time with them. And so you're feeling that guilt as you're at work and it's taking away from what you can do in your career. So this is destructive on both ends. If you don't have those hard boundaries where you say, hey, I'm going home, I'm home. My work phone is off. My email is closed. I'm all in with the people that I care about most. You know, oftentimes when I am coaching with somebody who has this struggle, they'll share with me that when they begin to draw those hard boundaries, their productivity at work actually increases. And at the smaller amount of time, they get more done because they feel free to fully engage and be there because they don't have that guilt hanging over their heads. Well, this is not an easy dynamic to navigate as a leader. I'm not suggesting that this is easy at all. But what side of the line do you want to land on? If you wanted to be known for one thing, is it that you chose work over your family? 
Every time you read an obituary in the paper, where does it start? When it describes the person's life, what do they say? Devoted worker, stayed late hours at the office. No, never. You never hear that as an opening line. It's always beloved wife, mother of three daughters. It always has to do with the people in their lives. Those that they love the most and love them the most. Shouldn't our lives be all about those people? Well, I think so. And that's the type of extraordinary leadership that we're talking about here at The Business of Living. Hey, if this message resonated with you deeply, but you feel a little stuck and you want some help with this, I want you to schedule a call with me. If you go to my website, McGreevy Leadership, that's M-C-G-R-E-E-V-Y leadership.com, and you scroll down, there's a button that says click for calendar. It'll take you to a page where you can schedule a phone call with me and we can talk about this balance between leading well at home and also doing what you need to do to thrive in your career at the same time. You're not alone in this struggle. I work with executives all over the country who struggle with the same dynamic. Don't be a leader who looks back on their life with regret. Regret that they didn't spend enough time and energy on the people that matter most. In Mark 8.36, it says, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Life is too short to work your life away at the expense of your most important relationships. Make time for the people that matter the most. Well, thanks for listening to the Business of Living podcast. We'll see you next time.